forever. Dog. Hey, gentle listeners, it's Andrew, and welcome to another episode of Scary Stories to Tell on the Pod. Joining us one last time in a, a real tour de force trio of episodes is our special guest host, Rachel Winiski. I will let Anna out of my basement after this. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, Rachel, this has been a real absolute thrill. I've been thrilled. I have been thrilled. <laughs> Um, and you are joining us, Rachel, on uh, our last listener campfire tale of the summer. Wow, because that's actually beautiful. It's really beautiful. It's it's it's. We've just had Labor Day weekend when this will be released. Mm-hmm. Um, people will have deflated their beach balls and replaced them with pumpkin spice latte balls. Put their pools away. Put their pools away and put out a leaf. Pile. <laughs> Everybody, unpack your leaf piles. <laughs> I have mine in the closet. <laughs> and we're in that funny interim, like like summer fall place. Although you and I are both in Los Angeles, so none of it has any meaning at all. I know. I keep like pretending in my head that it's going to get colder, but it simply won't. I know. Well, here's the thing: you can like travel a, like an hour outside of town and feel that experience a little more. Yeah, that's pronounced. what I'm going to do. I'm yeah. gonna do a lot of traveling, and also it'll get it'll get a little cooler. We'll we'll feel it at night. It'll get cool and crispy at night, and it'll feel great. Oh, I can't wait! Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to some pumpkin carving, some some yes. fall bakes. Oh yes, I want to make an apple crisp. I was just watching. Now, are you a Hocus Pocus fan? I like Hocus Pocus, but I haven't seen it in a really long time. I'm not oh. like a rewatch person. Yeah, yeah. So this, like, I I have loved Hocus Pocus for a very long time, as I feel like it, it's very in to love Hocus Pocus, you know? It is. Um, But I just watched this documentary about it, and it was so interesting hearing about uh, it was originally conceived as, like, a vehicle for Cloris Leachman. Wow. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. What happened? Did she say no? Um, I think, well, I think that the, they made the decision to make it less, like, Full on horror, or like like more of an adult film, right? And appeal more to kids. And I I think Bette Midler read the script and was like, I just love this, and let's do it. Um, wow. And that kind of explains the musical elements that are sort of introduced. Interesting. Um, I'm really yeah. due for a rewatch. Maybe this year is the year. Yeah, it's you know like Kenny Ortega who directed it did like High School Musical and is you know like a very established choreographer and director. And um, it's it moves so fast. It's very fun, and like Sarah Jessica Parker, Kathy Jimmy, and Bette Midler are great. A great iconic cast. Yeah, yeah, I love a Halloween movie. I mean, I do. I love to rewatch Nightmare Before Christmas, mm-hmm. uh, which I think of as a Halloween movie and not a Christmas movie. I yeah. did just rewatch Halloween Town, um, <laughs> <laughs> which I like genuinely think is so good. I, we watched that last Halloween, and it is why. Like, I, I find the charm in it is that like that budget was like twelve dollars. It was twelve dollars, and it was very a very ambitious movie. Yes, lots of costumes, 
lots of set pieces, and fucking Debbie Reynolds. Yes. <laughs> and she's real. I mean, she brings such gravitas to everything she does. Yes. Um, but wow, I'm so glad she did it. I watched the sequel too, which I had oh, never seen. Calabar's and- Revenge. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Not that I know anything. And about there's Halloween. a third one too, I think, but I didn't. I there's, didn't watch that. I think you're right. There's also like Halloween Town High. You know, I I've decided that like this season, this Halloween is going to be my most Halloween yet. Wow. And I think it's because of like being in LA now where I'm like, I need to, Halloween used to come to me and now I have to go to Halloween. (laughs) And so I'm just going to really go out of my way to Halloween this year. And so maybe I'll really get into the whole Halloween town. That's um, a thing. And last year did not count. I mean, that was a, you know, we were trying, but it was just not right. We all knew it. We all knew it. I mean, I'm really – I'm praying that we can get back to knots this year. Uh, I'm praying that we'll have some haunted houses, uh, some haunted light displays. I've heard that there's like great Halloween decoration displays around LA. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get into it. I think that's I think that's great. And I'm happy to join in whatever capacity I can because, yeah. I'll think about it. And, Thank um, you. I'll give it to you. No, I mean, I think I started texting you about Halloween things I wanted to do about two weeks ago. And yeah. Oh, August. yeah. Right. We are we are firmly ready. I mean, that was – my birthday is in early August and my mom had a rule that I could start decorating my room for Halloween after my birthday, <laughs> but everything else had to wait until September 10th. Oh. And that was so a, sweet. That would was you? a long month and a week. Yeah, I would decorate my room. I um, love that. Right. And then, but then sometimes I would go a little too overboard and my room would scare me and I'd have to scale it back. <laughs> I'd make, I'd make some decorations that really were not, were not exactly slapping at 10, 10 PM. Right? <laughs> That's incredible. You scared yourself. <laughs> I did, which it, always movies I would see, I would not be scared of the movie. I would be scared about where my mind would go after the movie, thinking oh, about yeah. things that didn't even happen in the movie. Yeah, that's like what that's why I couldn't really watch scary movies as a kid because I would then just be like see ghosts in corners and I just I would really go wild with how I thought the movie would come to life yes. for me personally. Yeah, that uh, the other thing is I would go to our local video store, the video vendor, and I would look at the boxes in the horror aisle. And I would try to divine what the movie was about just based on the box cover image. And that wow. would scare me. The, the the box for a movie called Scanners, which I believe is about like psychic people who can make people's heads explode. <laughs> it like looked like a man like melting or blowing up on the cover. And I read it as like, this is a movie about an office with a killer scanner. <laughs> and if you scan your face, you you explode the next day. Oh my God. That's actually – I love that. Like – a photocopy machine where like a bunch of coworkers are like they're um they're photocopying their butts yeah. and they're drunk photocopying their butts. They wake up the next day, their butts are gone. Butts are gone. The butts and the butts been erased. The butts been erased. The photocopier took their butts and <laughs> they have to fight the photocopier. Yeah, wow. The it, the, the the climax takes place at Kinko's. <laughs> Huge yeah, where there are a bunch of where the army of photocopies. Oh my gosh! I mean, that's you know, that's like the hive. <laughs> this writes itself. 
We're really good at this, Rachel. This is why we work in the biz. This is why we're in the biz, because we can plot uh, an amazing movie about office supplies in (laughs) under two minutes. So, Rachel, I have – again, this is not like the last listener story we're ever going to read. This just means uh, this is the last of the listener campfire campfire tales. Please, everybody – do continue to send us your stories at scarystorypod at gmail.com uh, any time of year, year round, and you never know when we're going to read one. Um, but this story, which will which will uh, uh, bring closure to Listener Campfire Tales, summer 2021, the subject line, Rachel? Sister Vacay at a misogynistic ghost cabin in the woods. Whoa. I mean, Good. who among us? Really good. Hi, Anna and Andrew. I'm so excited to share with you guys a ghost story that happened to my family and me last month because this is my favorite podcast and I finally have a ghost story to tell. It was literally terrifying and spooked my whole ass off. Oh, no. Okay, so they also lost their ass just like the photocopy movie. No scandal needed. Wow. Interesting. Okay, proceed. Last month, my family and I took a trip to Washington State for my grandfather's celebration of life ceremony. I'm a big believer. This is Andrew talking. I'm a big believer in celebration of life ceremonies. I think that's As am I. I love that. It took place on a beautiful lake that had an amazing view of Mount Rainier. It was really nice to see. Is that how you pronounce that? I was just going to say. I was like, wow, nailed it. Uh, Is it Rainier or Rainier? Yeah, it, this might be like um, a Houston Street versus Houston Street situation. Right. And if, if I'm embarrassing you're a myself, local, yeah. If you're a local, you say Rainier. Rainier, yeah. What's the guy from Nexium? <laughs> that Ranieri. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. It's Mount Ranieri. Mount Ranieri. Good for you. <laughs> um, it was really nice to see my extended family on my mother's side and to celebrate the life of my sweet and loving grandfather. My husband and I stayed with three of my sisters and their husbands at an Airbnb cabin near Mount Rainier National Park while we were there. For some background, my family is Catholic, so my parents felt the need to have nine children, which all turned out to be women and a little old non-binary me. Amazing. So uh, there have always been many loud girls in my family, and all of our husbands and boyfriends and my dad have to cope. Sorry, not sorry. The first three nights we were at the cabin, nothing out of the ordinary happened. Just a large amount of drinking IPAs as one does if you're from the Pacific Northwest. On the third night, as we were drinking IPAs and playing card games, we started pulling off books from the bookshelf and noticed a concerning trend with all of them. The books were religious dating and marriage advice books talking about the gender roles of a husband and wife. What? They explained things like, Men need their wives to be quiet when they get home from work, and women need more emotional connection than men do. I was pretty lit at this point, so I started reading some of the passages out loud and making them even worse than they were by saying things like, when men get home from work, they need their wives to shut their dumb mouth holes. What I actually said was worse, but I won't write that here. Thank you. Anyway, I was having a great time with my husband making fun of the books. After a bit, my sisters started to get upset by all that male audacity and misogyny. Completely understandable. At this point, it was probably around 1 a.m., so we all went to our rooms to sleep as tomorrow we had to make our long drive home. At 6 a.m. the next morning, I woke up to my sister Eve and Holly talking about how they both saw something the night before. I was super annoyed because it was so early, and I was sleeping on the pull-out couch in the living room so I couldn't go back to sleep. So I got up and started to listen. I noticed that my sister Eve 
had been sleeping on the couch cushions on the floor next to me. My sister Holly told us that during the day yesterday, she had walked into my sister Miriam's room at the cabin to use her bathroom, and in the reflection of the mirror, she saw a black figure crouching under the bed. She freaked out and told her boyfriend, but when they looked, there was nothing there. They had kept it to themselves because they didn't want to freak out anyone else. Uh, Meanwhile, I would have been screaming and crying, LOL. My sister Eve then explained that she had come to sleep in the living room because she had seen something similar. She was staying in a room upstairs and woke up to what she thought was my sister Holly talking in her sleep in the bunk below her. But as she turned to face the closet in the room, she saw a woman with short black hair standing there with her head in her hands. (gasps) The woman looked up at her and my sister noticed she was crying and whispering. Then Eve saw a dark humanoid figure crawl underneath the bottom bunk. So she yeeted the heck out of there to the living room. I could tell Eve was really shook up and it was extra scary because she is a very logical person and doesn't believe in ghosts and had never seen one before. It was also terrifying that they had both seen the dark humanoid creature at separate times and hadn't known the other person had until uh, until the next morning. For the rest of the morning, we explained to my other sisters what had happened and we were pretty quiet and freaked out as we packed and cleaned to leave. I had a theory that I mentioned Eve that I believe the woman in the closet was crying because she's stuck in a misogynistic house. The dark crawling figure was some kind of manifestation of that misogyny. For weeks afterwards, my sisters and I talked about it and we couldn't, uh, we, we all couldn't sleep about it because we all got anxiety, super cool and fun. And we don't have nighttime bravery. I'm a baby witch who's just started their craft, so I decided to do, a, to do a banishing spell to help with all our anxieties, and it really helped. I've been sleeping a lot better since. It's sad to think that ghost is stuck in that cabin, but I hope she got some solace from having a couple of spicy feminist women stay with her for a few nights. Sorry for such a long email. It's not long at all. You guys are the greatest spookmasters. You bring me so much joy with your pod. I hope my story didn't spook your ass fully off, and if it did... I wish you luck for your future BBL surgery. Oh my god. Eileen, this is scary. I feel like I'm going to have nightmares. Wow. A a manifestation of misogyny. Oh, trapping a poor ghost woman. And her head was cut off. So this is my question. Was her head cut off or was her, or was she like crying into her hands? Oh, great question. I was picturing severed head Head and i was like i was like oh that classic misogynist move cutting a woman's head off i do feel like that maybe it's because of um the like henry henry the eighth wives like i just associate a, a, a a decapitated woman with a victim of misogyny absolutely yeah that's a crazy story eileen this was so scary those books like oh my god I wonder I wonder if there was any more like uncovered about who had owned the cabin or I like No, that's a really good question. That's really bizarre. We stayed in an Airbnb upstate that I like really felt was haunted and it was just like really old and full of antiques and there was like a really spooky basement with like a spiral staircase going down to it that like I could see, I like opened a door and saw a spooky basement, but then closed the door. And we found a game there that was like 
it was this like game from the 70s, I want to say, that was like, that was like find, like self-actualize through this game. And it was a game where you had to like, it was super complicated, had like pages and pages of rules. And it was all around like self-actualizing and you were supposed to write like your deepest fears and your goals. And like, it had all these like old yellowed pieces of paper in it from like other people who had played the game and I was like this game is going to kill us like it felt really like a haunted game um yeah something about any game that promises self-actualization that feels dark-sided to me it's definitely dark-sided and there's something about like being in a in like a cabin or like somewhere that's not your own home and like uncovering something yes where you're like oh this is like my death this is how I die that is that is a really good point Rachel wow yeah, like uh, staying in an unfamiliar place, but a place that is like residential. Yeah. That a lot of people pass through, that is scary. Cause yeah, you know nothing about the history of it. Yeah, you're like, what happened here? Yeah, whoa. Yeah, I mean, the other thing about so <laughs> I think like like books that have bad energy are so interesting too. Yeah. I don't know how I got this book, but there's a book that I have in my possession that maybe belonged to a, my one of my brothers or something, but it was like a book about like how to be a modern man, you know? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. reading through it was so wild. It's just is like the worst advice imaginable. Oh my God. Yeah. I think I have a little book like that. That was my grandmother's as a kid. And it's this yeah. tiny little book about being a woman. And it is like how to get dinner on the table, like when your husband comes home from work. Right. And it definitely, I mean, that feels dark sided for sure. Yeah. It's like crying's not going to make that waist any smaller. Like it's like all weird, like um, maxims that don't really mean anything. Yeah. I should find this book. It's very, it is exactly things like that. Crying yeah. won't make that waist any smaller. Actually, yes, it will. Yes, it Keep will. crying yeah. <laughs> and not eating. Weep in your closet by yourself. <laughs> Weep while you run. <laughs> um. Yeah, the other scary thing about, like, I am very scared of, like, ghosts that are not of people but are of, like, like receptacles of, like, bad energy. Absolutely. You know? Like that manifestation of like a, of misogyny, that is very scary to me because you can't reason with that. Right. Because it's fear. Yes. Ugh. I, I'm glad that this banishing spell worked. I'm like me very too. curious. I'm very interested in this idea of being a baby witch. I don't know how people become witches. Mm. Like I never understand if it's something that you can like Google – like anytime I've been like, oh, I would like to get into this. Like, I don't know how one even starts. So I'm very impressed and I am very glad that the banishing spell worked. I feel like that having a ceremony to rid yourself of that type of anxiety can be very helpful. Yeah. I, I mean, we've talked at length on this podcast about um, the overlap between Catholicism and witchiness. Mm. And that my my mom, who's very observant Catholic, very like would not would I'm sure not describe herself as like um, anything other than like in, in terms of spiritual life, like anything other than Catholic. But she would do like when I was like scared, really scared of a thing, like she would do sort of we would like I would draw a picture of something that scared me and we'd burn it. And like as the ashes Ooh. went away, she'd be like, and now it's gone, you know. 
Well, um, and isn't it also interesting that like, because I was talking about this with someone recently, like I love tarot. Like oh, I don't sure. even like, I don't even really, I'm not even good at reading it or, and I haven't really like had my tarot read, but I like love it, the concept and I love yeah. the cards and I love to like look through decks and read about it. And like, I was talking to someone about how it feels like it was like an early form of therapy yeah. where it was like bringing symbolism into your life and being like, well, what does this mean to you? What does the idea of death mean to you right now in your life? And how can you make sense of nonsense? And like, there is so much, I feel like that's the same thing of like burning something, drawing your fear and burning it like feels like a therapy practice too. Yeah. It's like, it's like, there's so much overlap between religion and, and witchhood and, modern therapy and yeah. I love it all. I think it's I, I think you're absolutely right. I think like ritual is important to human beings, you know? Yes. And like um uh externalizing uh, a negative feeling or anxiety like onto a physical action that you do, like whether it's like in the realm of an organized religion or whether it's like entirely personal or like entirely irreligious. Yeah. Like I think you're totally I had to I had to learn to read tarot for this. Get ready to roll your eyes. Immersive theater experience uh-huh. that I did years ago. Um, but I was very – and I don't know. I've not done my own research into this, but we were told by the person who taught us tarot that it was invented by like a um, uh, philosopher who people claim was like the earliest inventor of self-analysis. There you go. And that that yeah, like everything that that when you're delivering tarot, you shouldn't be saying like – you're, you shouldn't be like reading someone's future, you know? Right, you're not fortune telling. Yes, you're saying like, here's what this card means and what what presence does that have in your life right now? Like, Yeah, that's why it's so fun to just like, like have a deck and just like, you know, pull some cards and be like, okay, this is something that I can focus on today. Yeah. I'm choosing to focus on it. Um, I, I think that's – very helpful. Yeah. I, I wonder like what the practice would be to like then go back to this cabin and try to like help this ghost. Yeah, that is interesting to like learn about the history of it. And it's like I think I, I sometimes wonder too whether like it's a it's a like literary or like fictional invention, the idea of like human beings being able to like settle uh a ghost spirit. I mean, I guess that's like folklore. Like Right. You're trying to write – I mean that must like go back as far as people have been able to tell stories. Like our own anxieties about like what happens to us after we die make us like want to tell stories about how we can make someone's problems right that they can't right. solve. You that, know? If you, that if you die with unfinished business, actually like some people can like move into your house in a hundred years and like <laughs> make sure that you get to heaven. I know. I was watching this um, TEDx video about the history of graveyards, which was super interesting, and that it's like a relatively new human invention, um, and that most of the graveyards that we know, like there was this big push at some point kind of after after medieval era to make graveyards like gorgeous parks that people would want to spend time in. Oh. Um, which I think is kind of nice. I wonder if we'll see a return to that in a way. I love that. I took a walk last year through Greenwood Cemetery in oh, Brooklyn. Yeah. And I had never really – I had only walked past it. I had never really walked into it. And I was like, I'm going to come picnic here, which like people used to do. Right. But not anymore. And 
But I don't have you walked through Greenwood? I have. It is it is one of the most beautiful cemeteries it's I've been to. Stunning. And yeah. it has like incredible views of the city and ponds and like it's so green. Like yeah. I truly was like, I'm coming back here with breakfast. Like <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna say I'm coming back here with bread. I'm coming back here with a shovel. <laughs> so um I don't think I've talked about this yet because it just it just happened, but um, when I was, I was helping my parents move over the past couple of weeks and, and we just sort of had like a list of stuff that they've been putting off that I could help with. And, um, <laughs> and one of them was they had really wanted to reserve, uh, grave plots in this cemetery in New Hampshire. And they had called and they were told that, um, it was all full up that they were, there were no more spots available, which made them super sad. Cause it was in the town that they met each other, like on the lake that they spent their first date on and my grandparents are buried there. And so they were really bummed out. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to call and see what I can do. You know? So it's a very weird experience to call a cemetery, by the way. Yeah. Oh my God. So I call like making, trying to get a reservation at a fancy restaurant. I know. But then it's like, hello. Um, <laughs> Uh, so I call the nicest woman in the world answers and this is our exact exchange. i like tell her the situation and she says, it's so interesting that you're calling right now because we've just had three plots become available. And I was like, <gasps> become available. What were you like? Were they robbed? Did, 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 was someone, did they not die? Are they just going to live <laughs> they forever? undead or uh, someone got exhumed? Right. Well, no. So a lot of people reserve. Uh, um, grave plots in multiple cemeteries, and then they kind of pick which one they want to go to. And I and after she, they die, yeah. <laughs> you they spin your body around and sort of like spin the body. <laughs> um. So uh, so then, but so she was like, and I guess during COVID, it was just too hard to like get the bodies here. So they they went with the cemetery closer to home. Oh, um, and so she was like, so we have these three plots available, and and it's like a very lovely little cemetery. Um, and I was like, you know what? I was like, I'll take them all. I'll take them. And then it, this, so I was on the East coast. This was like 11 AM. Uh, Chris is on the West coast, 8 AM. I immediately text Chris and I don't know, this is where my head was at. I was like, <laughs> Hey, amazing news. I just got us a burial plot in, um, in that cool little graveyard in New Hampshire. <laughs> And Chris truly texted me back. That's that's great. 8 a.m. is too early for me to think about this. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, I can't engage with this topic with you at 8 a.m. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, so do you have a grave now? <laughs> so I – well, because I was like, well, I want to hold off. I was like, Chris and I are going to go up to New England this uh, fall maybe if, you know, if it's safe to do so. Um, and I was like, I'll show you it so you don't – and he's like, no, I just – he was like, I'd rather just not know. Just like you can just make the decision. So I still do need to reserve it. But um Oh my I god. Well, I I'm excited for your grave. Thank you so much. I hope I don't get swooped. Oh my god, I don't want you to get swooped. Yeah, somebody comes in and steals it out right from under me. Steals. Then I will be a ghost. Steals your grave right up from under <laughs> <me>. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, but listen, everyone out there, gentle listeners, do you know where you're going to be buried? Might be worth thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be like thrown into a pit. Yeah. 
Yeah. Now, our, how about what? What are your thoughts? Is this too? Is this too dark to get? Do you want? Do you want um, your your remains spread about, or do you want like a place like a, a gravestone? You know, I'm not really a gravestone person. I'm not really a gravestone gal. Yeah. I think I have a weird a weird relationship to it because also. Uh, I mean, not to get too real, but like, you know, my father passed away when I was in college right. and he was cremated yeah. and he's still in my mom's closet. Oh yeah. So we were sort of a family that was like, we're not doing this. We're yeah. just keeping the bodies here. And my mom always says like, you know, when I die, you're going to take both of our ashes and you can put them anywhere you want as long as we're together. And so my joke is that I'm going to like take them to a dump, <laughs> which I don't know. I might. Um, I mean, there, there are some nice dumps out there. There are some gorgeous dumps and that's the thing. And so I just think my relationship to like the, the human form is totally. very like, is very like, it literally doesn't matter. Like I've never had a gravestone to go visit and that's never bothered me. My, my grandparents like are, you know, they love, my grandmother loves to go see my grandfather's uh, gravestone and yeah. he's buried above ground because she doesn't like the idea of being put in the ground. Mm -hmm. And so they have above ground plots. And when he died, he went in first and then she's going to go on top of him someday. And she literally told me that she was going to get on top and give him a good time. Oh, <laughs> I, see, I like that. It was wild. She I was on some Xanax, I think. <laughs> That is, that is like, it is funny. I, I also like, I, I don't know when you've, when you've had like a, a death in your family, that's like very close to home. Like, I think there are some people who th they just don't experience that until like right. later in life. And, uh, and similarly, yeah, the, the like logistics when my, when my brother died, like the logistics of burial and everything it's it's it feels so weird to talk about it in that way yeah. you know and i also was i don't know i, I think everybody is different everyone like should sh everyone knows what they need better than anyone else knows what they need and like i just knew for myself like i don't need to see the body for closure like that's not my yeah. deal you know yeah um, there's like it's i mean that's like not it's funny. That's like not even really a Jewish yeah. tradition. I mean, the family does, but like it, you don't have like a wake or anything. Right, but right. like, yeah, there are certain things where it's just like you just know like, oh, I don't need that. Yeah. And that was the thing. It was like I never had any question about it. It was just like, right, I don't – that's not what I need. And some people felt like they did need that and that is completely fine. I, yeah. I also think I probably have a weird relationship to, to, to death because – <laughs> when I, I would have these like, uh, surgeries when I was a kid and one of them when I was nine was like a nine hour surgery. And I guess, I don't know, I guess like once you are, once you're uh, under anesthesia, like past a certain number of hours as a kid, it's like, there's a non negligible chance that you might not wake up. Oh my God. And so I if you touched death and, and survived. Well, th but the craziest thing is like, I, I remember the surgeon saying like, so Andrew, like, like I remember that being a part of the conversation and being nine. And I wasn't the, the wildest part is like, I was not, that was not like paralyzingly frightening to me. 
it was kind of matter of fact. And also I was like a nine year old in Catholic school. And I think I had a very like, I was like, Oh great. Like, well, if I die, I'll just go to heaven. And, right. And I'll see everybody there. Right. And I'll, I'll meet up with you guys later. You know, <laughs> Like now that would be such an existential frightening thing. But as a kid, I was like, Oh, that's fine. But, but at nine, I remember going home from that and like, writing in a journal like hi this is for if i die like here are the songs i'd like like i oh think i had God. everything kind of planned out i'm glad i didn't die because i i don't know that i stand by a lot of the song choices in there. <laughs> um, what was the song do you remember i mean i think i was thinking pretty much in like here are the here are like the upbeat songs that I like to sing in church <laughs> yeah. um, that were like not really fit. I think there were probably some Christmas songs in there. Like it was just not right. Um, um, yeah, you were like I will be interred to jingle bells. Yes. And then and then I, I currently a part of me was this is this might be another eye roll, but um, there's that song from On a Clear Day You Can See Forever called Hurry It's Lovely Up Here. And at first I was like, oh, that might be a nice song to play. But then I realized when you sing the song, it sounds like if it, you sing that song at a funeral, it would sound like I was saying to everyone, like, everybody, <laughs> <Yeah>. die <laughs> <Join> soon. <laughs> Come on. It's lovely up here. I want you dead now, you <laughs> living dorks. <laughs> We're listening to Jingle Bells with God. <laughs> um. But yeah, in any event, Eileen, I hope I hope that your um, I hope that your actions helped bring that that uh, that poor spirit to some degree of peace, um, and and you know just sort out that misogyny demon, you know, sort him out, sort him out. Um, Rachel, it has been. Such a joy having you join us for these past three episodes. This has been the pledge of my life. Um, can you tell our gentle listeners where they can follow you or where they can see your stuff? Yes, you can come to my house. <laughs> and uh, you can find me on Twitter where I don't tweet. Good. Uh, or on Instagram where I hardly post. <laughs> uh, or like I said, you know, show up at my house i think it's great if you like um i won't take any legal responsibility for for that offer but um i'll give you a clue rachel lives somewhere that is not the ocean (laughs) (laughs) which eliminates a good part of the earth oh shit (laughs) oh god what have we done there's someone outside right now. <laughs> um, but Rachel, yeah, you're just the very funniest. And uh, and thanks for helping us out. Anytime. So um, we're going to take the next few weeks off to regroup, to get some energy, to autumn everything up. I really should have prepared this uh, more officially to say, because it sounds like I'm making it up as I go along, which I am. Uh, but yeah, we're taking a couple weeks off. We will be back in October with lots of amazing Halloweeny, spooky, creepy content for you and some more really fun guests. Uh, but until then, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at scarystory underscore pod. You can email us your stories at scarystorypod at gmail.com. And one last thing you can do until we see you in October is get out forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. 
Scary Stories to Tell on the Pod is executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Produced by Tracy Soren. Original theme music by Chris Ryan. Cover art by Bats Langley. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcasts.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcasts on YouTube at youtube.com slash team. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Forever Dog Team to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news.